Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. On fourth and seven, Clifford takes it back to pass. Blitz coming, steps up, delivers. Washington's got it 25 out of bounds. First down, Penn State and McFadden blitzed, and they picked it up, Jack. They picked it up, and I'll tell you, this is a great throw by Clifford. And Parker Washington does an outstanding job of getting a little bit of separation, but outstanding timing. The snap back. Clifford rolls left. There's an opening, and he will throw in the end zone. Caught touchdown. Brenton Strange, the patience and the vision of Sean Clifford, and the Nittany Lions are on the board first. Motion toward us and setting up left wing is Strange. Kevon Lee up the middle. First down and more. 20, 25, 30, 35, 40. Lee to the 50 and to the Indiana 44-yard line. On the far hash. Butter playing a soft zone here. Clifford goes back, steps up, fires back in the end zone. Caught touchdown, Penn State. Oh, that is. Jahan Dotson, magic. If this holds up and he has that one foot in, this is an unbelievable catch by Dotson. Penix takes the snap on a play action fake. Pressure from the outside. Throws it down the near side for Fry. Fogel intercepted. Joey Porter Jr. Penn State takes over at the 12. Clifford takes it, four-man rush, back to pass. Runs out of time, steps up, looks, he'll throw. Caught, 20, 15, 10, to the 5, to the end zone. Touchdown, Penn State, Jahan Dotson. Good snap, put down, kick is blocked. The Nittany Lions block it, their second block. Field goal of the year, and the Penn State defense does it again. Now on the reverse, back to Dotson. Throws for Washington. Got it near side, 30-25. Washington to the 21 and out of bounds near the 20-yard line. Dotson's now two for two passing this season. Stalls over the ball. Chris snaps it, put down by Checker. The kick is on its way by Jordan Stout. And the kick by Stout is good. His last 50-yard field goal was against Ohio State last year. And he does it again here. It's 24-0. Nittany Lions with 8.06 to play. Little goes back. Delayed blitz. Fires deep down the field. Picked off. Jair Brown at the 5. Brown to the 10. Now avoids Freifogel, still at the 10, backs up to the 9, and down he goes, his third interception of the year. Oh, yeah, there it is. You're now 5-0, Penn State. Nindy Lions, still rank number four, which I cry foul on. We'll, I'll get, I'll touch on that in a second here. But we welcome you in to the Steve Jones Show. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai. Pre, new pre-owned inventory and of course great service department great sales staff 
all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Steve, big, big dub. Nice way to keep it going here. Now we get ready for Iowa. Yeah. Look, they went out, took care of business. Ran for over 200. That's good. Hit passes when they eat. Now, do you have to be better in short yardage? Yes. Penn State this year. Uh, and again, it's a stat I keep myself. It's one of those I literally go through the play by play and I chart all the, I chart the first down stuff. And I, you know, the Penn State's averaging what six point one yards per play on first down for the season. And I also chart third and less than four, and third five plus both offense and defense. And I do that for my own reference. And if you're about sixty seven percent, let's say sixty five, sixty seven percent on third. And less than four, you're doing really well, really well. Um, if you're third and five plus, and you're like twenty eight percent, you're doing really well. Okay. So Penn State offensively right now. Let's start. De- let's start defensively. Defensively, opposing teams at third and five plus are twenty five percent. Third and one to four, they're only fifty three percent. Wow, that's great defense. On offense, Penn State third five plus. Remember, said twenty eight percent. I think it's usually a pretty good number twenty seven, twenty eight percent. Penn State's thirty three percent. But on third and one to four right now, they're at forty eight percent. So that number needs to change. That that's an important number moving forward. That needs to be better. Um, no, you know, no getting around it. But everything else. They're playing at a really high level. I will quickly say at the beginning, in defeat, Micah McFadden of Indiana. And in case you're wondering, by the way, Michael Penix ended up is a separation of his left shoulder. That's why he left the game. He is now out indefinitely. Uh, but Micah McFadden. I was really impressed with McFadden last year when I saw him. I walked out of Beaver Stadium Saturday night even more impressed. Downhill, the way he attacks, times up blitzes, lateral movement, chasing down guys from behind. He's a heck of a player. That's as fine an opposing linebacking play as I've seen in Beaver Stadium. And look, sometimes it all blurs together. Start thinking about some of the great players that have come through. But, boy, I can't think of a better inside linebacking performance by an opposing player in Beaver Stadium since maybe Zach Thomas at Texas Tech in 1995. And Thomas had a 10-year Pro Bowl NFL career with the Miami Dolphins. That's how, I mean, I just wanted to say about that kid in defeat. He may not have been on the winning team, but he played a heck of a game. Heck of a game. Uh, so now they have Iowa. And we'll talk to uh, Frank Bodani next half hour. Talk to Frank before the game. Then Dave Giacchini will join us at 4.06 today. Um, I've had a lot of people. Uh, I, one, I want to make one quick note about the dots and touchdown catch. The first one in the back of the end zone, which was a great catch. 
they had run the shovel pass the previous play. And I'm still not quite square with what they called. So I, I went back. I wanted to, I rarely go back and look at the tape of the game. I rarely do. You know, how many times do I have to see it? And, But this time I looked at two plays. I just wanted to check the block because we thought that McKady got the ball on the block. It doesn't matter. Does it matter? No. Uh, and they say Brandon Smith did. And even watching the replay, and I'm talking about I'm watching the all-22, like, you know, end zone, side, the whole thing. I can't tell. Still looked to me like Evacati blocked him. It doesn't matter. They gave it to Brandon Smith. The bottom line is they blocked it somewhat. That's all that matters. They blocked it. But I wanted to look at the Brenton Strange play on the shovel pass. And the way I'm looking at it, was that, and maybe it's because I'm so used to seeing Strange line up on the wing. I want to go back and look and see if he was lined up on the wing. And I thought he was because he just came down straight down the line of scrimmage, took the shovel pass, and got in. And if they had called, if they had called illegal formation, only six men in the line of scrimmage. All right, I can buy that. Okay, you know, and again, because I'm not, you know, I'm not looking. Every once in a while I can see it. You know, I mean, because, you know, in listening to the game, sometimes I'll, you know, they'll throw a flag and I'll say, Jack, I think it's an illegal formation. But I was looking at, you know, I saw Dotson go out to the far side. I saw that, and I looked to the, then I'm looking in the near side as to the two receivers over here. I didn't really think about whether Dotson was on or off or not. I assume if Dotson's out there, he's on. Because I felt like Strange was in the wingback, which means he's in the backfield. So I'm looking at that. I said, i got to look at this again, because they're claiming that Dotson covered up Strange. Like, okay. It didn't make sense to me, because you can't be covered up if you're in the backfield. So I'm thinking, maybe they thought he was on the line of scrimmage. And I can sort of, when you look at it, to me, he is still a wingback. But Caden Wallace has his right leg so far back in his stance, maybe they could interpret that he was on the line of scrimmage. And I think that's, you know, trying to be fair about because I would, I disagree with the call in the air. I was like, I said, you know, maybe maybe that criticism was wrong. So, I still think I'm right, but I also can now see why they thought what they saw. Because Wallace has his right leg so far back that it looks like Strange is closer to the line of scrimmage than maybe I perceived. How about that? All right. But then they threw the touchdown past the dots, and it really didn't matter. It didn't matter. I've had enough people come up to me in the last two days and say, what do you think about Iowa jumping Penn State in the poll? Ridiculous. And guess what my response was? You don't pay attention, I know. I said, who cares? Why do you care? 
They it's play just, this week. I I know, but it's what? What they get the? I, I don't. I only can't. Get, I know, but it's just college football, and whoever makes these polls continually just to contradict themselves. It's all about the eye test, and it's all about who you beat. Well, let's look at the eye test. Penn State. While Iowa is a very, very good team, it's going to be the toughest test of the year for Penn State. I get that. But to me, Penn State is the better team. The toughest test of the year for Iowa. Exactly. But to me, Penn State's the better team right now, and they have a better strength of schedule. You've been in Wisconsin on the road. You shut out Indiana for the first time since 2000, and they beat a pathetic Maryland team. When they should have done it. But does it matter? I'm just tired of the hypocrisy in college no, football in these polls. That's all, it's all I'm saying. Does the AP poll determine the national championship? It doesn't, anymore? but it... Okay. Does, I, I the coach, does the coach's poll determine the national champion anymore? No. Okay. I don't care what the polls say. That's why I don't even read it. I don't even know. Where's Cincinnati right now? I don't even know. I didn't even look. Cincinnati's five, I, as they should be. I thought it should have been Penn State, Iowa, Cincinnati, and it's flip-flopped. It does. It doesn't matter. What does it matter? They play this week. It doesn't matter. Okay, and the AP doesn't determine the national champion. Okay, USA Today coaches poll doesn't determine the national champion. Those days are done. Okay, the first time I'm going to care about a poll will be when the first college football playoff committee poll comes out. Now that counts, and because that counts, I'll pay attention to it. The only thing I'll say is I, I I know they have their own set of criteria, but you can't tell me that the college football playoff committee looks at this, keeps their eyes on the AP polls because that helps them determine things. That's my only that's my only beef about that. But I get it. I we'll wait till the college football playoff comes on. But I I just I think the AP it's poll okay. I just don't understand how what they look for in teams. Because you also yeah, have Ohio okay. State ahead of Oregon, even though Ohio State beat or, or lost to Oregon. I don't Matt, understand that okay. either. Man, it's okay. <laughs> Just say it. It's okay. <laughs> don't worry about it. It's okay. It's no big deal. Hey, it's no big deal. Does it? It does not matter where they're ranked. This, it's okay. They play each other this week. After that, you can figure out where they're ranked. <laughs> but this is why we all turn to you. When we're all fired up about these things, you, you you're the calming factor of this side of stuff. I've done this a million times. I know. It's 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 all right. It's, okay, number one, the reason I, yeah, have you noticed in the broadcast, have I ever once mentioned in five broadcasts this year what Penn State's ranking is? Actually, no, you have not. Why? Because it doesn't matter. Exactly. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Now, when the college football playoff committee poll comes out, now you're talking about nuts and bolts here. Hey, this they, this determines who's where and what and why. What's happening right now is not. It just isn't. And so that's why 
I don't care. <laughs> it's like, I don't care where they're ranked. It'll all, believe me, all this stuff takes care of itself. It all takes care of itself. Now, I've always had that attitude that it always takes care of itself. And let's freely admit, in 1994, when I thought it would all take care of itself, it didn't. It should have, but it didn't. And what they did to the 94 team was wrong and was unfair. But most times it takes care of itself. We'll be all right. Matt, it's a a good day. (laughs) You'll be fine. You'll be good. Let's just say there's a lot of things I'm fired about, fired up about from yesterday, and this just is so one of know, them. By the way, by the way, your quarterback played really well yesterday. My only complaint would be with him is he gets still gets a little loose with the football. Yes, didn't cost him, but he gets a little loose. But your quarterback played really, really well, and thought Hertz played at a really high level yesterday. One hundred percent agree. They have other issues. He, as I mentioned the other day, he is not one of the issues. Right? He is not. Uh, and that's to his credit. And that's to his credit. He is hes making himself better. Um, we'll see if he's the long-term solution or not. We'll find out what else Matt's fired up about. I usually find that entertaining here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. All right. Uh, today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto, home, life, business, boat, motorcycle, whatever it may be. You can get it all at Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury, go to purdyinsurance.com. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. One of the, we'll talk to Frank in one second here, one of the keys, by the way, as to why you're a wild card team and not a division champion, comes up in tomorrow's and Wednesday's games. The penalty for making the wild card and not winning the division 
is as follows. Adam Wainwright in the division series, if the Cardinals win, will be able to pitch one game. Max Scherzer, if the Dodgers win, will be able to in the division series will be able to pitch one game. Garrett Cole, if the Yankees win, will be in the division series and only be able to pitch one game. And Nathan Avaldi, if the Red Sox win in the division series, will be able to pitch one game. That's the penalty for being in the wild card and uh, and not winning the division. You get you, Because you need to win this game, and it's all you have, you have to pitch your race. And that means your race, instead of two starts in the division series, is going to get one. Now, at $36 million, he should be pitching every day. But that's just another story. All right. Let's bring in Frank Bodani, York Daily Record. Frank, it was so wonderful to see you before the game on Saturday. You as well, Steve. I think I vote always for night games every week. What do you think? <laughs> well, get to bed at five in the morning, huh? Yeah, I don't know. I think I got home at one thirty, something like that. And like, That's I was, excellent. I was tired. Well, and I only live five miles from the stadium, <laughs> so that makes right. it a little easier. But yeah, I mean, it's that's the one thing. I th- I believe the way I understand it that at Beaver Stadium that probably is the last night game for this season, probably. Oh, okay. Because well, you you can ah. veto after yeah. two you can veto, and I just can't picture in November. Hey, let's go. It's it's November. <laughs> we'll see where they're at when it when it gets Michigan time. I guess well, right. Exactly. What was your evaluation watching this Saturday? I think the defense is is. Uh, growing uh, in ways I didn't exactly expect in a good way and uh, I think it's to me it's uh, as much as what they're actually doing it's it's the demeanor the attitude the way they're playing um, more than it is any type of particular star power on that team I really like uh, the way they handle adversity they almost just seem to embrace it you can tell by the way they play near the goal line and uh, I think that means a lot, just little things, you know. Uh, go back to when there's a Indiana runner trying to get extra yards and squirming away. Brisker just comes up and just levels him. Right. And it's just the way you go about it. I mean, it's a fair play. It's not, it's not a dirty play, but I like the attitude. I think that could take them further defensively than, a lot, than, than people may think. So let's – I mean, it's the – they keep the ball almost for the most part in front of them, the down and distance part of it, and it seems like they've got a big time player at every level. Mustafer, you know, Smith, mm-hmm. Brisker. It seems like every level has that kind of player. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I now I I, I would harp on that. I think this could be their best secondary yeah. that they've had since they joined the Big Ten. And Penn State fans aren't used to. I mean, they're used to seeing like kind of these shooting stars, like the Midas and you know James Boyd, that kind of player, and sure. Marcus Allen. But to have a group of them, I mean, these are guys that are um, skilled in coverage. They're experienced. They got the attitude. They're deep. I think that's a huge difference from previous teams that uh, will pay off. And then if these two young linebackers, you mentioned Brandon Smith and Curtis Jacobs, 
yeah. can kind of uh, reach their potential a little a little quickly. I mean, they're close, I think, on a lot of times, but that could be a big thing in the second half of the year, too, I think. So what did you think of the offense? They ran for over 200. It was done in a different way, but they ran for over 200. What did you think? Uh, I, I, Well, you know what? They went out in the offseason and hired the spent the money on the on the best guy they could get to run their offense. So I'm trusting Mike Yurcich, and I think uh, the development of this offense, I mean, the good thing is, is I don't think they've reached anywhere near where they can go. Now, I don't know where, if they're going to get where some people might think, but Sean Clifford's got a lot of weapons that are just growing into their roles. I look at tight end. It just keeps popping up to me as they got three really good ones that are still finding their way but could be big weapons, especially even coming up this weekend in Iowa. And um, the running game, you know, I think it's a lot of little things. And I think, But the one thing I think that is visible is Noah Kane does not look like Noah Kane at this point and maybe sort of injury issues. So they're going to have to figure out how they proceed with the number one tailback spot in that rotation, I think, especially yeah. coming up this week. You know, big thing. Especially because uh, Kevin Lee, I think, has a lot of potential. Uh, but it was but it was Kane that was, you know, two years ago out there that really won the game for him in the end with his rugged running. Do they have a guy that can do something like that similar right now? I don't know. Right, uh, and also uh, short, you know, the short yardage part. People have brought up, and you know, I can understand why they brought it up. I mean, because you want to be consistent, be able to pound one out when you need one. But there's ways to work around it. And I think go back. I to agree. Like, I agree with Mike Yurcich. There's ways yeah. to work around it, and I just feel like he's a guy that's going to have them prepared to work around it if they have to. With the short passing game. Um, Good point. You know, getting the ball to the outside quick. Come back to those three tight ends that we that we mentioned. Um, there's other ways than just giving the ball to the the guy behind you and letting him go in forward. You know, right? No, exactly. It's a really good point. You know, you took a long look, obviously, at Sean Clifford. We've now watched him into his third year as a starter. What are you seeing in him right now, Frank? Well, it's his most efficient self, and I, I mean, I just notice his eyes being down the field all the time, a lot more. And it's really um, his experience, and um, really just the way that he is handling his decision making is just excellent, you know. And it's a lot harder, I think, than people realize. But he's not making the mistakes, you know. I mean. It's he's giving his guys a chance to make this work with if he has to throw the ball away he does it. But keeping his eyes down the field, I mean, there's two touch you know two touchdown plays were prime examples of that. Where he looks like he's going to run, he just knows where the line is. He just looks confident. He looks in control, and it's going to be a lot on his shoulders. The fewest mistakes, I think, wins Saturday night in Iowa. Yeah, no, no question. Iowa forces a lot of mistakes. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, is there any other way, any other words you can come up with to describe Jahan Dotson to this point? <laughs> uh, wow. I, I mean, a lot, you know, he's just a, he's an elastic guy that plays like three, four inches taller than he is. And, you know, he's one of those guys that he doesn't impress you with his body, which I think is partly sometimes hard to wrap your head around, right? You know, like Jordan Norwood, Deion Butler. 
guys you look like you could push and you could knock them over <laughs> pretty yeah. But yeah. man, he he plays tough and he goes up and gets the ball. I mean, I thought that, his, that first touchdown was two feet over his head, and he just uh, goes up and makes it look easy. And uh, you know, and 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 how about this? The ability to take what defenses give him. You know, he's not frustrated. He doesn't, you know, he can't get deep all the time. I mean, that's he's great at that. But he's willing to work work underneath and make the most of it. Him and Parker are both willing to do that. So they can pick. I, you know, you have confidence that they can pick their way down the field with those guys as well, which is a big thing to have in your pocket. Well, I watched Iowa play Maryland on um, Friday night, and then I rewatched the defensive tape this morning. I'll watch the offensive tape tomorrow, but I rewatched the the defensive tape today, and it, it was pretty much what I thought it was, because you know I can get a view of the you know the end zone things uh-huh. like that. I felt like of the seven turnovers, Iowa did an awesome job on two of them, the Belton interception and the fumble recovery on the kickoff return. The other ones, I felt like Tungo Viola was like, here, you take it. <laughs> I, I, Frank, I'm watching the tape. I can't figure out on the other ones where he's throwing to. Well, it might be a little like Penn State. I mean, I, you know, with Michael Penix, it's not that he was getting sacked. A lot of times, I don't know if the rush was even right there, but it was almost like he was, you know, there gets to be a little bit of an intimidation factor, and then sometimes you get in the head of a quarterback maybe and he starts making plays he shouldn't um, without you even, <laughs> without you even, you know, Iowa's got to, got a really good defense and no doubt. it's almost that like they got a young kid going in a place that he didn't want to go so the point I guess I'm making is Sean is not you know he has more experience and you would hope for him and this team that going through what they did in 0-5 last year is going to help them in moments like this because yeah. they've been through what Iowa has to give them um, a team like that they've been through the roughest points they've been through the turnovers that you know mm-hmm. they kind of know what that's about and what that's like kid like that in maryland not so much you know so right. you hope sean you know you would think sean and you, and, and you could handle maybe that a little bit better because the, sure. the first the first 26 plays that iowa ran defensively you know what all mm-hmm. 26 had in common they rush four the entire time and not once blitzed. Well, that's impressive, that? huh? I, mean, I sat there and went, okay. Yeah, I mean, every once in a while they bring somebody up and it looked like they were going to do something, dropped them off every right. single time. They they went 4-7 the entire time. When you're plus 12 giveaway takeaway, which they are, and you have given up only 58 points, which is true, and you have 68 points off of turnovers. <laughs> Those right. are mind-boggling numbers through five games, Frank. Well, it, it is. So if, you, if you're if you more careful with the football and you have then, if you're Penn State, you have Jordan Stout as your punter, I think you can make Iowa's offense. You test them and you make them work for it, right? They haven't had to work for it as nearly as True. much. That's a good point. And I'm not sure that their offense, they don't have – the overall weapons that Penn State does, and whether they're efficient or not. So if you have to make them work more for their yards down the field, that could be a huge benefit because they haven't. 
Afghanistan and have not had to do that. The um, yeah, because the average drive start on Friday night was their own forty-six. There, they started six drives in Maryland territory. Now it's not as if the, you know they don't have the capability going the length of the field. They do have seven drives this year, seventy yards or better. But still, to your point, and that's a really good point, Frank. The offense has been given incredible short fields to work with because of their defense. Well, and Penn State, I think, is better than most teams at that because, well, their defense is is good, of course, but they also their 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 punter's been excellent. Yes. I mean, there's not been many better than Jordan Stout, not just on distance, but really in a lot of ways as placement um, as well, and not giving guys a chance to return the ball and making that, you know, making, giving Penn State's defense a long field to work with. That's, that could be huge in this game coming up, for sure. No no question. Frank, always a pleasure. It was great to see you on uh, Saturday. Yes, you as well, Steve. Thanks for having me on, too. Love to talk to you. Same here, Frank. You're the best. Thank you. All right. Take care. Frank Bodani, York Daily Record. We'll come back with more in a moment. For $36 million, I'm surprised the Red Sox are even going to show up tomorrow night. <laughs> Yeah. They're two the Red Sox and the Yankees are good teams. They both are. They are not great teams. And they're in the wild card game because they're both good teams, not great teams. And now we'll just see how it plays out. I mean, for the Red Sox, to me it was a big plus they got to the playoffs. I mean, you go back to spring training, I think just getting to the playoffs. Okay. Now after this, to me this is all gravy. It's all gravy. You, you know, you came in as the favorite in the season and blew a tire. <laughs> that is actually an, uh, pretty much the accurate way to put it. And they basically had every opportunity to have this game at home, and they blew that. So, yeah, it's actually kind of fitting that they ended up on the road. But we'll see what happens. And I thought this to myself, too. I would rather them, if I had the choice to host Toronto at home or be on the road at Boston... I would rather be on the road at Boston because Toronto's been that bad of a thorn in, in the Yankees' side this year. Oh, yeah. No, I think Toronto would have. But the bottom line is, like, you know, we talk about how you know the Yankees swept. They're in great shape. Red Sox go to Baltimore, foul ball it, lose two out of three. And then the last three games, the Red Sox sweep, and the Yankees, who have everything in favor, lose two out of three. Exactly. That's just so, that's just how this is. That's just that, been the AL East, other than the that, Rays this year. That's because that's <laughs> no. But my point is, when you're good, and the Yankees are good, and the Red Sox are good, neither one's great. Yep. That's that's how it plays out. One hundred percent. Right. It's not like there's not great players in the game. There are great players in the game. Cole's a great player. Judge is a great player. Stanton's. A great player. Um, I guess what Lemayu's out, right? Yeah, he's done for the year now officially, which yeah. really is rich. That's uh, really the tough blow. Right. Devers is a great player. Bogarts is a great player. Martinez is a great player. Evaldi is is really really good. Um, but you know, oh, that's right. I forgot you had Gallo. He's uh, uh, well, there's a reason they didn't mention him. All right, we'll come back with more in a moment. Gallo's not a bad defensive player, though. And he's got great power. 
But the problem with him is, is that uh, turn the fan on, he struck out again. He is, I mean, he's Dave Kingman. Kingman could hit it 500 feet, and then he could miss it by three feet. We'll come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. The weather is getting cooler and the leaves are changing in central PA. Hi, this is Season from Purdy Insurance. If your current agent is falling short, it's time to give Purdy Insurance a call. We're a local, family-owned, independent agency ready to find the right insurance to fit your needs. You can call us at 570-286-5855, stop in our office on Market Street in Sunbury, or head to our website at purdyinsurance.com to find out what we can do for you. Pitch. Swung on and lined up the middle, and the throw home is not in time. Ball game over. Yankees win. The Yankees win and go to the playoffs. 2-1 delivery from Finnegan, and he swings and rips one to center field. It's high, it's deep, it's back, it's gone! Devers gives the Red Sox a 7-5 lead. And now are three outs away from being the first wild card. Uh, John Sterling with the first call on the Yankee walk-off winner. And Joe Castiglione with the top of the ninth. The Red Sox were down 5-1 in that game and rallied to win 7-5 over Washington. And to let you know the state of the bullpen, Nick Pavetta closed. I'm like, Nick Pavetta? I'm like, listening to the game, driving back from practice last time. I'm like, Nick Pavetta? What? Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. But he got three outs and a strikeout. So I'm like, oh, yeah, Nick Pavetta, yeah. <laughs> oh, my almighty. All right. Let it go, Nick. Hey, all right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you change your tune on a guy. And she's, hey, okay. Or like, all right. Oh, he's a bum. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh. And Matt called during the break. It's something about you trying to find more spider tech. I don't quite know what that means. <laughs> yeah. No? Apparently he knows a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy. I don't know. Yeah. <sighs> Once again in the staff meeting. <laughs> I know people. What's that spider stuff? I got it. <laughs> Go to warehouse. <laughs> For the right price, you could have it. $36 million a year, you could afford it. So what else are you upset about? Um, subjective officiating in the NFL which slightly goes along to what happened with the Steelers yesterday, too. And a whole bunch Steelers, of Eagles. And, and, and other Eagles stuff, too. Are, the Steelers are not good. No. Okay. And neither are the Eagles. Right. It doesn't matter. Now I'm really confused how the Steelers beat Buffalo. Really confused.